Welcome to On the Sofa with Victoria, where authors and industry insiders discuss everything from serial killers to series fiction. I'm Victoria Selman, author of the Zeba McKenzie series, and truly darkly deeply, a novel which examines a serial killer's legacy through the eyes of his daughter. Each fortnight, I'll be unpicking the latest trends and themes in crime fiction with a panel of household names and rising stars. Today, I'm joined on the sofa by... Eva Björk Eistotter. And... And Will Dean. Hello. <laughs> Hello there. Will is the best-selling author of the Tuba Moodison series. And Eva is the winner of the 2021 New Blood Dagger Award for her fabulous debut novel, The Creek on the Stairs. Welcome, guys. It's lovely to have you with me today. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. This is, this is great to be all together. Absolutely. Um, Eva, you, um, I, I was reading the other day, you wrote your, your debut, unbelievably, you were a flight attendant and you were jostling motherhood as well. And, and you wrote it all within nine months. Is that right? Yeah, I actually, I, I finished my studies in international relations. Uh, I was studying in Trondheim in Norway and I came back home and I wanted to write a book. So I got, a, I got the job as, as a flight attendant to be able to write the book <laughs> with like two children and and I, I'm just I'm not I'm not the I'm not the person that can write in the evenings I, I like to work during the day so yes. getting a job as a flight attendant I was I was able to do that so yes wow how exciting and do that I mean obviously it's there's nothing flight attendant there's nothing about airplanes in your book suffice it to say but was there I mean I guess was there anything that inspired you during during um, your work that sort of fed into the book? I mean, because that's quite a... Mm, yeah, I'm, I mean, the victim in The Creek on the Stairs, she's, uh, she's a pilot, a pilot mm. so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was kind of the only thing. But yes. I've often think, th- thought about doing doing some kind of uh, airplane-inspired <laughs> movie or... No, yes. Sorry, a book, <laughs> not a movie. So <laughs> maybe, maybe one day. Yeah, that's very cool. And uh, Will, I was talking to Barry and he said, unbelievably, you lived in, what was it, nine different places before you were 18, before you you settled on Sweden. Is that <laughs> peripatetic yeah. lifestyle, I think, is what he wrote in brackets on his email to me. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I moved around a lot in a lot of like isolated little villages and rural areas in the Midlands. I was always the weird kid, the socially awkward, shy, bookish kid who was reading as many Stephen Kings as I could get out of the lo- local library. None of my family were readers, no books in the house at all. So I was right. the I was the black sheep who was constantly <laughs> reading. Wow. And how did living in that kind of isolated sort of isolated situations, how did I mean because your books have that sort of very I mean, obviously, you know, sort of rural rural Sweden is, is the setting for them, which is which is fascinating. But the sort of feel is very much, you know, the the isolation and the outsiderhood, isn't it? I guess particularly with Tuva and her disability as well. Um, how how did that sort of upbringing and, and that those experiences do you think? effect I mean I think I I think it helped that I was pretty feral as a kid I was kind of it was like benign neglect you know I was (laughs) let alone to just kind of wander around with my dog and and make my own fun I didn't I was you know this was obviously pre-internet early 80s there was no phones and iPads there was no anything my parents didn't really feel like they had a responsibility to entertain me at all 
Yeah. And I've got a kid now and it's different now, yes. but I try to give him some of that freedom to just go and find his own fun as well. So I found nature and I found stories. That's where I found comfort. Yes. And it's still the same. I haven't really changed. I'm 42 now. I live off grid in a Swedish forest, but I'm still that kid who yeah. likes to get lost in a story. Yes. And it's really, I mean, your, your books, I mean, very much one gets lost in the story, but lost in the world itself. I mean, I've just started your fabulous new book, uh, Bad Apples, which is which is brilliant. And even that opening chapter is just utterly gripping. But what strikes me most about it is the atmosphere that you create, the sort of the mist closing in around them and, and, and to the getting lost in amongst the trees. And, and I think she says there's a joke because the character she's, she's trying to locate says, I'm over here. And she's like, yeah, great. Where the hell's over here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, um, I mean, I, th- I guess it's the same with all of us, right? All mm-hmm. three of us, we're all readers, first and foremost, before we're writers. And yes. for me as a reader, what I am addicted to is that feeling of being picked up and put in a story mm. you know so I feel like I'm there I'm smelling the scene yes. I'm I'm I feel like I'm really in, lost inside that story mm. and that is that is like a gift to give that to a reader or for a writer yes. to give that to me as a reader yes. and that's like a beautiful thing you know like Stephen King did that for me as a teenager I felt yeah. confident in his ability to lead me through the story by the hand yeah. yes and that's yes. a that's a magical thing and the visual, I mean, because both your books as well are incredibly visual, which is, which is, and just, just staying with you for a second, rural, rural Sweden, which is obviously where you physically ended up. Why, what makes it so perfect, do you think, for, for a crime novel? What, what's that Ooh. setting? I mean, obviously it's where you know, so I mean, that's obviously part of it, why you choose to set, but. Yeah, it is. And it's also just that I, I'm an outsider here. Mm-hmm. You know, Eva is an authentic Nordic person she's the real deal I'm the (laughs) imposter here who is just trying my best so for me I find Nordic life and small town Nordic life just very exotic very interesting genuinely interesting I learn new things each year about customs and folklore old fairy tales local grievances local arguments local secrets I just find it all very interesting and I tap into that in my stories and luckily with every book that I write every year, by 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 luck, I've learned a new few things, you know, that yeah. I can put into that book. And yeah. it's just, I feel very lucky to be able to sit down and, and uh, come up with a new story. And this landscape is really intoxicating for me. You know, I have moose yeah. walking through the garden. I have hunters with rifles walking through the forest. I can't fail to be kind of inspired by that. You're almost living in a crime novel, aren't you? <laughs> don't don't tell my wife that. No, <laughs> lock the doors. And how about you, Eva? I mean, obviously, then on the flip side, so you've always lived in Iceland, have you? Yeah, yeah except uh, uh, when I was living in Norway for two years to okay. study. But yeah, other than that, I've always lived in lived in Iceland. And um, I always, <laughs> because I, I, I've been on a lot of podcasts recently and talking about Nordic Nord, and I always feel that I'm kind of too involved to judge it <laughs> I don't know yes, what yes. are the characteristics and um, yes. I, at least I never thought about it because I, I, I think I'm just yeah too involved to <laughs> say something I totally understand it's kind of like when we're writing isn't it you're too close to the page to be able to yeah, judge yeah. it I guess you're just so immersed in it it's just what's normal for you so you can't exactly yeah no that's really let's have a chat before we get to have started then about trying to judge an audit well, let's let's have a talk about what we're we're reading at the moment do you um do you guys tend to read Nordic novels? Are they the novels that are popular in Scandinavia or do people read very, very widely? Do you read, do you read widely? 
big long question there. <laughs> I think in Iceland, the Nordic Nord is the most popular uh, genre. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> genre. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that uh, I'm actually reading Uncleaves now. Um, and I think that she kind of has some of the characteristics in her uh, novels that Nordic, a lot of Scandinavian authors have. Mm-hmm. And what actually let's let I was going to talk to you about that, but let's let's just take a pause and just have a look at that for a second. So the characteristics that was going to be one of my other questions. It's a big circle question on my my jotter here. Characteristics of uh, Nordic noir. What what differentiates it? Do you reckon you guys from UK novels set in the UK and and the US? I mean, because you can you can pick up. I mean, you even without all the sort of the, the, the names, obviously, sort of big signposts. You you would know, wouldn't you, a Nordic noir novel if you picked it up? Just yeah, yeah I think so. I think I think it's uh, I think it has a lot of uh, it's the landscape and it's the mm-hmm. it's the nature and it's the isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most Scandinavian uh, Nordic noir novels have that in common. Mm-hmm. Common also maybe that they. Uh, the the topic is often uh, some some issues in the society, so mm. um, they take that and, and and yeah, I think I think that I think that's uh, well, sorry. <laughs> no, I think that's interesting, and the style's quite interesting as well because it's just very simple. Am I right? I mean, I'm I'm not an expert in the way you guys are, but it's it's quite simple prose, for example, isn't it? And very sort of it's quite to me the writing always feels very direct. Is that is that fair? Do you think? I think I think it can be in mm. in the same way as in some ways when you talk to people from different Nordic countries, often they talk in a quite a direct way, especially mm. compared to how British people talk. We tend to talk around subjects mm. for for hours before we get to the point. And, and <laughs> I dad don't particularly that, don't tell him I said so. <laughs> I don't see that so much here. So maybe that's maybe that's a thing that it's mm. a little more direct. But mm. for me. For me, it's basically what Eva said. It's that mm. it's it's like the intersection of great characters, mm. really interesting characters with really powerful sense of place, yes. and setting, and atmosphere. That's what I feel when I read a good Nordic novel. It's and that it doesn't always have to be set there, does it? So I'm just thinking, uh, Joe Nesbo. What was the book? Was it The Bat? And he set it in Australia. Am I right? So it's and yet it still has that sort of Scandi feel. So Absolutely, yeah, there? yeah, and and like like Eva said, you know, Anne Cleave, some of her books, you know, especially set, set in the Shetlands, it's kind mm. of getting there. It's almost mm. Scandinavia, and mm. I find some of the Canadian writers and some of the novels set in Alaska and Maine mm. have a similar vibe. Sometimes it's that feeling mm. of being isolated mm. that you have an antagonist in the story, you have a bad guy, mm. but you also have the weather working against you. Yes. Yes. You have distances working against you. You have wildlife working against you. It's all those yes. extra levels of menace. That's interesting. So suddenly, actually, nature is part of the story as well, isn't it? And I guess that's, I mean, I'm going to be doing a panel in due course as well with um, on Australian crime fiction. So outback noir. Everything's got noir added to the end, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But, um, but actually, that's, that's the point with that as well, isn't it? This, this huge sense of place, this nature coming, coming to, to sort of to be a character in the book almost as well. Um, which is which yeah and that's I mean that's what I love to read because again yeah. that that's immersive fiction that puts you yes. there if you can if yes. you can sense the mosquitoes if you can sense the, yes. the presence of a of a bear or if you're you're out in in a, in a coastal place and a blizzard moves in yes it's just like 
you know, I'm there. I'm I'm in the story, and that's that's what yeah. that's what I want to achieve. And it's so much more, isn't it, than just a strong region? So, for example, um, let, let's take something that's not crime, To Kill a Mockingbird, which is one of my all-time favorite books. I mean, you have that hugely strong sense of place. You know, Macon, Macon County, and it's you know in the South and everything else, and yet it's still it's not it's not what we've just said, is it? About the 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 um. The nature being a part of the story as well and that's that's what's different maybe from from you is that fair do you think i think that's a really good point mm-hmm. i mean if you think of jane harper's novels like the dry set in mm-hmm. australia they're incredibly atmospheric and character driven mm-hmm. and then you have cormac mccarthy's no country for old men set in the borderlands between mexico and the u.s mm-hmm. incredibly atmospheric like i feel like i'm in those kind of dry river riverbeds Yes, but they're not anything like Nordic noir. They they have the atmosphere, they have the nature, but they they don't yeah. have that kind of quiet menace and darkness that Nordic yes. noir does so well. Yes, and it's almost thinking about the quiet menace, and again thinking particularly. I always want to read this opening of your book. I won't <laughs> embarrass you. Don't worry, but it's just excellent. This opening of that, I loved it. But it's that sort of, like I said, the sort of the feeling of. Um, the world closing in through the mist and through the cold. And it reminds me, funnily enough, when you were talking about Stephen King, it's almost like that idea of the other, isn't it? The sort of the um the monster almost is is the um the landscape. And that is the other thing that you're you're fighting against. So I I really, I really love that. So what are you reading? Well, you are you reading Nordic novels at the moment or for sure, yeah. I'm right now I'm reading um a book called Girls Who Lie. By Eva. I've just started reading it and I'm completely hooked. I'm like uh, one quarter in and I am gripped. I'm very much enjoying it. And I'm loving all the little details like the moonshine, what's it called, Landy being produced in the bathtub and, uh, or, or Landy being produced in a private house and things like that. I, I just find that really interesting. Um, but I read everything. I read Nordic Noir. I read um, literary fiction. I read... Um, non-fiction I read historical fiction I, I, I like everything and I try and read outside of my genre as much as possible and I try yes. and read it like books that are not coming out now but books that came out 50 years ago 100 years ago books set in in North Africa or in Latin America I don't want to just read my subgenre because I think yes. that the more you read other things that 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 really helps me when I'm come to writing a first draft so yes it's almost like a palate cleanser as well, isn't it? I've actually got to the point. I'm sort of um, starting another draft of a, of a new thing. And I I don't know. I just felt so stupid because actually for a few weeks, I haven't been able to read anything in within Christ. I was like, what's wrong with me? You know, it's, it's my go-to. And then I've I've actually gone completely left field and I picked up uh, The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. So, I mean, you know, completely, completely different. And suddenly I can read again. And I think it's exactly what you're saying. It's, it's not just to inform our own writing, is it? It's also just to get a breath of fresh air and we love reading but we don't want reading to be work and I think sometimes when we read within genre it can feel like that content yeah I think so I I I, I usually like to read uh, my genre when I'm when I'm in the middle of writing because I, mm. I want to get the feel for like what I want to write and how I want to do it but I think yes. it's also very good to do something read something completely different different and uh, I've actually in this COVID pandemic I've been reading a lot of feel-good novels because I just want to want something light yes and you can particularly recommend to us (laughs) Uh, well I was I'm always I I read Frederick Bachman for example Mm -hmm. Uh, I just read his book uh, Anxious People it's very good Mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
Uh, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm very bad at remembering names. So it's like I'm really bad at it too. I can picture the books, but not the titles. Yeah. <laughs> I have to look at my list. I yes. keep everything in um, in Goodreads. So yes, mm-hmm. so that's where we need to go. <laughs> yes, and going back then to Nordic noir in particular. I mean, it's a genre that's really took off. I, am I right? It was with the Killing that came to TV. Gosh, a couple, few years ago now on Channel Four over here, and it sort of seemed to really spark a, an interest in in the genre. And it seems that it's going from strength to strength. What's What's the reason? Is it is it um, this wonderful sense of atmosphere, or is there something else that Nordic writers are doing that we we can all learn from? Do you think? I think it's also that uh, Nordic Nord dives into like the psychology of the crime. I think mm. we do a lot of like background stories and and like the crime isn't just some bad guy that commits some crime. We go into like the psychology of it mm. all mm. and why it happened. It's 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 yes. it's often just as much about like uh why the uh, crime was committed as like who did it yes so i think that's that interesting one of the one of the reasons that it's so popular that's yeah that that certainly resonates what, what about you Will? what do you reckon i agree with that and i think that another dimension of it is the fact that i think a lot of nordic noir is good at exploring the lives of the victims and the ripples of consequences Mm. in a community from a crime. Yes. And something Eva touched on earlier, which is kind of having some kind of social commentary or touching on different social issues within a story, within a fictional Mm -hmm. story. I think that's, that's really fascinating because we're all trying to get our heads around different issues that are constantly changing and, and, and um, Mm. pushing us and, forcing us to question our own uh, preconceptions and our own ideas. So mm. through fiction, sometimes that can help us to understand the real world. Mm. That's um, interesting. That, I think that's what we're all doing when we're reading fiction is just trying to get some clues about, you know, how, how to live our life and how to be humans. And mm. Nordic Noir does that, does that well. And in and the same human, way as like Val it? McDermott yeah. does in Scottish fiction as well. She, she's yeah. good at bringing in social issues as well. Mm. And yet they're not they're not issues necessarily, are they completely confined to that particular locality? So they're kind of they can be, but then they have sort of broad like talking about the ripple effect, they have those broader ramifications, don't they? Which is interesting. So it's not just sure. Yeah, and it has to be done with a light touch, like it has to be organic yeah. and the story has to come first. Yes. But but if it's done well, it's um it's very powerful. Yes. In rankings, you've mentioned Val McDermott. So I'm um, looking, um, looking at that region again. <laughs> me and my geography. Um, Ian Rankin um, said something quite controversial. What do you think of this? He said, Scandinavian crime writers are no better than Scottish ones. They just have better PR. <laughs> <laughs> Cats amongst the pigeons. What do you reckon? Oh, wow. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I think a lot of writers do that well, like what we talked about, going into the psychology of things and great characters. Mm. And I mean, I, I don't really know why why Nordic Noir is so much talked about, but mm. um, maybe it's maybe it's because it's exotic for other mm. re- readers. Like Will said uh, yes. earlier, it's it's very exotic to think about like for Iceland, the darkness in the winter. I think yes. all crime novels in Iceland are written in, in winter. Yes. <laughs> There's always darkness like 24 hours. And so. Yes. And then so the maybe, psychology that goes with that darkness, I guess, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, 
Ian is a friend of mine and I would say that he's got the good dry sense of humour and I think that he recognises as well that Scottish crime fiction and Nordic crime fiction are really close together. Like they're very, they're, it's like the, the rivalry between Sweden and Norway or England and France. It's a very healthy, natural kind of friendly rivalry, I would say. So um, the Scottish, and I see a lot of uh, parallels between the Scottish and the Nordic crime fiction. Okay, so that's an obvious next question. Will, what are the, <laughs> what are the parallels? <laughs> well, I mean, if you, uh, there's the obvious things, which is that Scotland is fairly north. You know, I'm, yes. I'm a little north of Gothenburg, and if you go up to Shetland, Orkney, you're not that far away in terms of how north it is to where I am. So they get right. very dark okay. winters. It doesn't get as cold as where I am. Right. But some of those rural areas of Scotland, they don't have bears, they don't have wolves like I have, but they, yeah. they, they're very isolated. They're very cut off. Right. So the landscape plays that role. And also the landscape shapes the people's characters. You know, if a landscape is tough, yes, then often the people, the, the characters have a, a certain toughness or a certain resilience um, and a thick skin and are maybe slightly wary of outsiders or maybe yes. it takes them longer to trust people or to be open with people. And then once they are, you're kind of friends for life. So it's, it's these typical things you have in rural areas all over the world, I think. Mm. Human, humans are humans. But isn't that fascinating? Like you both talked about the psychology in the, in the novels and actually what we're almost saying as well is there's almost like a psychology in the landscape then as well, if it is sort of impacting on character, which is, I mean, again, that's just another way it's, it becomes a character in the novel, isn't it? <laughs> that's probably even more extreme for Eva actually in Iceland because Iceland is a much more extreme place than where I am mm. I'm, I'm more connected than than Iceland <laughs> is there to think about the rivalry just made me suddenly think um is there a rivalry within Nordic Noir I mean the Sweden there's Iceland you know do, do, there's no do you have do you have that sense or is it more do you I mean do you guys you almost feel like a club I have to say I don't know if that's fair or not is it is it a club with rivalry within it or are you all mm, I, I don't know. I don't think there's, um, I, at least I haven't experienced any. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty recently that Iceland uh, started to, well, Icelandic authors started to write crime novels. It was mm-hmm. only like in the, what, 2000 something that okay. uh, Arnaldur Indriðason became popular with his books. Before right. that, no one thought that, like, you could write a crime novel based in Iceland because, I mean, yes. we, don't, we have so... The crime rate is so low, low that it, it's kind of <laughs> maybe not. Oh, isn't that interesting? Goal. Isn't mm-hmm. that interesting? Yeah. Huh. I think, uh, I think we have like one, one murder a year or something. So Wow. <laughs> but, wow. but in crime novels, it's like way more. Yes. Gosh, how I I never even thought about that. That's and your president, I forget who it was. Was it was it Ragnar? He was tweeting about Ragnar's new book or something. And I just thought, can you imagine Boris Johnson <laughs> putting out a tweet? Yeah, Victoria's got a new book. Go buy it, everyone. <laughs> yeah, he's, that's he's brilliant. Actually, he's friends with the prime minister, so yeah, I think it's her. So yeah, it's a it's a closed knit society here. <laughs> yes, I thought that, I thought that was that was amazing. And, and to um, be fair, Victoria, to be I should just say Nicola Sturgeon in Scotland is a huge reader and supporter of crime fiction, and she does tweet about crime novels she's reading. Does she? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm in the wrong place if I want politicians supporting me. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you mean I need to support them a bit more? <laughs> um, and what about um, what about the um, the most popular um, authors within? Um, uh, sort of Scandinavia are they do you find generally um we sort of talked a bit about what we're reading do you do you find that 
and we sort of said that that, that they are obviously Nordic Noir is very popular. Is there also an appetite for sort of the big sort of um, uh, you know um, the you know Patterson type novels, the well, high concept? There you go. <laughs> I write a loss for words is never a good thing. High concept sort of American crime novels, or are you do you find people tend to read the sort that we're talking about now, sort of high high atmosphere, high lots of um, psychology elements to them. Um, I feel that at least here that uh, a lot of books that become very popular in America and in the UK that don't become as popular here. I, I don't know if they mm. translate, just uh, mm. if it's kind of lost in translation, but I I don't know why that is. I think we're just we're just very <laughs> into Nordic Noir. Um, yes. It's always the most sold books here, so... Interesting, and yet it's so popular over here as well. So I guess we're looking for something different, and you guys are looking for this. Maybe it's like a sense of connectedness as well. It's like you were talking about the outsiders, weren't you? That kind of feeling of isolation, and maybe there's a connectedness that comes from reading a novel set in, you know, areas where you yeah, live. Exactly. Maybe it's something we can relate to more. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't understand why, because I read a lot of American and um, British books, and uh, which I love, but mm. I, I read them all in English. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of, kind of surprised sometimes how they don't get any t- attention here. Well, yeah. some of them don't get a lot of attention here. So, yeah. Is that the same in Sweden well as well? Well, it is actually. I think, you know, I'm a typical Brit in many ways and that I'm not good at languages, particularly. In fact, I'm terrible at languages. And everyone here seems to be amazing at languages, including my wife. And, you know, everyone speaks good English and multiple mm. other languages, mm. whereas... I think the Brits have this Anglo-American concentration and they're not so good at looking out at other parts of the world. Whereas Mm. in Sweden, they will, and in other Nordic countries, they will look out to French literature and German Mm. and Russian and and global literature. And whereas a lot of Brits don't really watch things with subtitles still. No. Well, with me, I have to say there's an eyesight thing as well. Okay. (laughs) Like when I'm tired, it just hurts. But no, that is interesting. And so what what about what lies ahead for Nordic Noir? Where what does the future hold for it, do you think? Uh, I think for a lot of years people have been predicting that uh, Nordic Noir will uh, not be so popular anymore. <laughs> I I think that's but it's been proved wrong again and yeah. again. Yeah. Um so I think the future is bright for Nordic Noir. Yes. <laughs> I think so. And will it will it uh, branch out? Do you think? Do you sort of see more sort of Joe Nesbo type books of with the taking the Nordic elements, but going going abroad with it, maybe? Or yeah, I, I think I think that um, I mean a lot of it is coming to tel- television also. Yes. So, um, I, I, well, I hope so. I think people are not getting bored with it. <laughs> no, well, certainly not not by the awards you guys are winning. That's for sure. How about Will? You will. What do you what do you reckon? I mean, honestly, I I hope Eva's right, and I'm sure she is. But for me, I don't think about this stuff at all. I I, ne- um, I don't give any time to thinking about what's the future of this, and yeah. because we've got no control over it, and okay. like it just makes you anxious if you start yes. thinking about it. So, part of being in the woods mm. here is mm. that I distance myself from the market and publishing completely. Yeah. Because, like, what's the point? So I just want to mm. be that kid again who's just yes. reading my books yes. and writing my strange stories in my weird yeah. books. And that's it. And I send them away and hope for the best. And, like, I'm not – I never really talk about the market or what I think might happen because no. who cares what I think? And I don't know. <laughs> and, and we interested. can't predict anyway, can we? And if you were to try and write for the market, I just – 
I agree. And uh, and I mean, when I started writing, I I never thought about like this genre, Nordic Nord, mm. because I was I wasn't I wasn't writing into a specific yes. genre. I I mean, I know I'm I guess I'm affected by a lot of things in my environment and what I yes. read. But I never think about myself as a Nordic Nord writer. I'm just yes. a writer. <laughs> you're just a writer and that's where you're setting it. Yeah, no, I think that's fascinating. So, okay, my last question, my desert island, not discs question. If you were stranded on a desert island, um, a warm desert island, I may add as well, so very different to <laughs> so what you um, will be used to maybe. Although we've just heard from you, I think, before we started recording, Eva, that it was, what, 30 degrees in parts of Iceland over the summer. So... <laughs> maybe I should revise that statement so you're stranded on the desert island you're allowed one Nordic noir novel which would you take and why gosh it's an it's an impossible question right <laughs> no I'm kidding uh, I guess I would uh, take I remember you by Issa Sigurdóttir it's it's kind of like I, I love kind of this supernatural um, element in it yes and yeah, I think I would need a bit of that if I would be stranded in 30 degrees somewhere. <laughs> yes, <laughs> cool you down. How about you, Will? I'm going to say Ursa is brilliant. I love her books and she is so much fun in events. She's yeah. so much fun. She's brilliant. Um, so for me right now, honestly, right now, like today, it would be Girls Who Lie by Eva because oh. I just started it today. Oh. So that would be what I would take with me. Normally, I would say um, Miss Miller's Feeling for Snow by Peter Hug. What a beautiful title, isn't it? It's a beautiful book. It's it's yes. a fantastic, weird book with a crazy ending. But I love the way he writes about snow and about winter and about weather and about about people. And it's I think I've read it twice now, maybe three times. Oh. And I'm due for a reread. I love rereading and, yes. and finding things I missed on the first read. Yes. So I think I would take that. And what an accolade to be ready for the fourth read of that. I mean, <laughs> two reads are something, but to be wanting to go in for a fourth must be, must be really good. Definitely one for my reading list then. Guys, that was brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me today. Such an interesting discussion. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. You've been listening to On the Sofa with Victoria on Crime Time FM. If you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate and review on iTunes and join in the chat on Twitter using the hashtag On the Sofa with Victoria or drop me a line at Victoria Selman. I'd love to hear from you and hope you'll join me next time. <laughs>